Are you recording, Mike Keller? Mike Keller. There yes, you are. I was just making sure it's actually recording, so I didn't pull another one of those whoopsies that I've been known <laughs> to do. It's okay. I back things up. I know that people make mistakes, so I you like, <laughs> I double and triple record this thing. You account for incompetence, <laughs> specifically mine. Well, I mean, I think that it's important to you know double check and triple check and do all our you know do all our homework. Especially when you're working with me. <laughs> I was going to start with some vegan news. Vegan news. Wow. Say that again. Vegan news. <laughs> it's weird when you say it, it cuts out. It doesn't like, for some reason, Zoom doesn't like that uh, It's like we need, to, we need to shut this down. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah. So here's some vegan news. Don't do that again. <laughs> vegan news. Uh, he said it again. I can't stop him. He's out of control, Mike. I'm like the you know you pull the string and the doll, and it just repeats the same thing again and again. Okay, so Starburst is Ooh. coming out with a vegan Starburst. <laughs> oh wait, I thought Starbursts were already vegan. <laughs> so you're not vegan if you've been eating them, Mike. Wait, Keller. <laughs> what does it have? Gelatin? It doesn't have gelatin. It has gelatin in it. No. Actually, they've been offering a gelatin-free version in Europe and other places, but not in the United States. For some reason... That's disgusting. I've been eating gelatin? Yeah, don't eat Starburst right now. I don't eat a lot of Starburst, but I had a couple on Halloween, and the packaging didn't say, that's gross. I am debased. I am debased. So now you can have vegan Starburst when it comes out, if it comes out in the United States. So we'll see. There was an announcement, so... Thank the maker. Is that um, for all Starburst, or are they going to specify like this package is the vegan Starburst? I'm sure they're just going to have a plant-based version. I saw a mock-up. Oh. I guess they posted it on Instagram. It was a mock-up of a bag that said plant-based. So I think they're going to be selling to the, I don't know, the plant-based sector. Are you sure they weren't already plant-based and now they're just advertising it? That's what I'm hoping let me Google this. Okay, Mike Keller is Googling it right now. We're watching him on the keyboard. He has a quizzical look on his face, and he's going to find out that Starburst are not vegan. And it's been something that he's he's actually eating one right now. No, Put that I'm not. down. Come Put on, that don't down, Mike Keller. Me, you maligner. <laughs> You're a maligner. I, I don't understand you don't trust my research. You have to do your own. No, I, I just feel embarrassed that I had Starburst recently. So while he's still Googling, I'll talk about oh something else. Oh, my God. Else. So he's, he figured it out that it has gelatin in it. Okay. No, I didn't. I'm just good, trying to get to it, and there's, like, all these other things. He's a slow to... Googler, this man. Apparently. Okay. Corn syrup, sugar, hydrogenated palm kernel oil, fruit juice from concentrate, uh, citric acid, tapioca, oh, gelatin. Yeah, I don't understand that, why they would have tapioca and gelatin. Isn't tapioca kind of a gelatin anyway? I don't know, but they're gross and they deserve to not do these things. I feel so gross now. The gelatin lobby said, we need gelatin in those Starburst right now. I mean, yeah, Starburst is a cool thing, but I always knew it had gelatin. I feel sick to my stomach. I, for so, I, you know, I, I don't know how I missed that. This is like an intervention. Ugh, it feels like, oh, I just feel gross well, now. I think that this kind of shows you that, you know, there's a pervasive amount of animal product in everything. Slip it in. 
So I was anyway. Let me let me let me move on to another thing, and then we'll we'll go into the main. Is it going to be depressing also? No, um, it's not depressing. I, I wanted to start yeah, with happy stuff first. Oh yeah, you're right. It's happy news because they no longer are doing it. Yeah, okay, well, so or they're going to still do it. They're just going to maybe give us an option. Okay, I'll take what I can get. I mean, I think that we have to balance the happy news and the sad news. The happy news is now you know. Yay. Um, okay, and, what and else you got? Also, okay, so there's a Canadian company called The Future of Cheese. Ooh. And they came out with a ripened brie. Mm-hmm. And have you they, tried it? I have not tried it. And supposedly, I guess they sell to only like, I don't know, 10 stores in Toronto. And they had a whole bunch of brie that they created. Supposedly, the brie is like almost identical to the dairy cheese brie. I've always been searching for a vegan brie, and maybe I'm going to have to go to Toronto to get it. Use your influence, and they'll send it to you. Use my influence. Use your influence. I, I don't know how much influence pull, I have. Pull your my strings. <laughs> this is the test. We'll see if you get if, you, if there's vegan brie in your mailbox in a week. We know you have, you have some clout. Okay. You know what, Mike Keller? I'm yeah. going to test my influence. And, yes. And next week, I'm going to tell you whether or not I am somebody or I am nobody. And it all hinges on getting <laughs> vegan brie. It all This is it. This is the test. Look, I think you ask yourself this question on a regular <laughs> basis, and now it's going to be personified in the form of a wheel of cheese. That's great. You know, it's funny because I went to Air One, and there's a cheese called Unbreelievable, which is a is nut it, cheese. Does it live up to its name? <laughs> First of all, it's a good cheese. It's a company called Nuts for Cheese. They make really good cheese. A little pricey. I think it was like a six-ounce cheese for 10 bucks. So it's like a small amount. It's a cashew cheese base. It did not have the ripened uh, rind, you know, the rind, that white rind that goes in brie. Oh, that's part of the fun, man. It wasn't really, it didn't have that gooey center that brie usually has. Sounds very brilliable. It had like... A faint brie taste, like in the distance, like it was like far away, screaming for help, but you couldn't. You know. it's, uh, it's like look, look, Croy water, where they're like, it's as if someone you're drinking uh, sparkling water and someone's yelling out the name of strawberries from the other room. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that that water, like the the scented tasted water. You know, it's like it's like a the s. You should say faint echo. They should call it brie leaveable. It's the essence of brie. I, I had a brie from besties that you know i haven't had real brie since i was 11 or something but it tasted identical to me from my long lost memory like it it seemed in the texture and the appearance looked a lot like real brie so i'm gonna have to try that maybe i'll go to besties and look around i don't don't remember what it's called but it looked identical to to brie i thought it was real I don't know. I haven't seen anything that was very similar. I've, I, I think they've gotten close to uh, blue cheese. I've seen some, like, you know, obviously Miyoko's cheese is great when it comes to, like, their mozzarella. But again, I had not tried or I've not had a brie that was realistic. But the pictures that I saw online, I think it was in Veg News, they were pretty uncanny and beautiful. Cool. So I think we'll go into food. I have a couple different topics, but we'll go into food. We'll talk. We're, let's talk about cornflakes. Corn? Don't tell me they also have gelatin. 
Do you eat cornflakes? Oh my gosh. Do you eat cornflakes? No, flakes? I don't. I haven't eaten cornflakes in a long time. Don't try to trap me. Do you think cornflakes are vegan? I mean, they should just have corn and salt. What are you talking about? What else do they have? They have other. They have animal product in cornflakes. Get the f- out of Dodge. Wait, what? What? <laughs> do you know how cornflakes were started? How were cornflakes started? Dr. Kellogg was a Seventh Day Adventist, and he was like experimenting with. You know, because they're vegetarians. He was experimenting with ways to make like plain, boring foods like interesting. And so he l- put some on a tray and then like baked them. And it turned out to f- his flakes. And there he was like, oh, these are good, I guess. Wasn't he like part of some kind of crazy cult too? The Seventh day Adventists? Well, I, no, well I, not when I mean crazy <laughs> cult, but there was like, a, it was like a health cult, wasn't it? Not, I don't know. I, I thought it was just the Seventh day Adventists. Which, you know, it's an organized religion. There's always a little craziness, but, you know, I, I heard that there, there's actually, a, um, I don't know if it's veganism, but there's vegetarianism in that belief yeah. system. Yeah, they're vegetarians. But also I heard the other weird thing. Uh, this is a in the back of my mind. There was like cornflakes were also intended to cure masturbation or something. Am I making that up? If, I, if that's off base, let me Google that. Too. As a young child eating lots of cornflakes, it didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So Kellogg's cornflakes, like many vitamin fortified cereals, are unlikely to be vegan. The vitamin D used in Kellogg's cornflakes is derived from lanolin, which is sheep's wool grease. Ew! Come on, <laughs> guys. Come on. Why? Yeah, that's that's what we're dealing with here, man. So gross. I wanted to talk a little bit. Oh, about can I? Can I? Wait, 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 wait! I can't. I can't leave the audience hanging. Go ahead. According to McGill University, Mr. Kellogg actually developed cornflakes primarily to stop children from masturbating. What? He had particular ideas about masturbating, writing: "If illicit commerce of the sexes is a heinous sin, self-pollution is a crime doubly abominable." He felt that certain foods inspired self-pollution, like spicy foods, meat, and generally anything that tasted too good. One of the biggest fights he had was with his brother and business partner was over adding sugar to cornflakes. You can't let anything taste too good. Okay, so apparently bland food makes you less likely to interfere with yourself. What what do they call it? Self something? Self um, self pollution? Self pollution? Okay, well, that's good. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Kellogg. Now, this is the present day. <laughs> Have okay. you heard about the Kellogg strike? Oh yeah, the workers are on strike, right? Yeah, and and so if you eat Kellogg's, you're like a scab at the moment. Well, I mean, I think that this has to do with our relationship with companies as you know when we're when you're a plant-based person or vegan person you know you have to understand like where the food is coming from who's making the money Mm. and and right now uh yeah i guess the strike's been going on for two months the workers want better pay less hours they want to want to have um equal access to health care that the senior employees have you know they i mean basic you know like living wage stuff and um, actually, I think recently Kellogg said that they were going to replace all 1,700 striking employees permanent with permanent employees. And so it's kind of a thing where this is, you know, a big company. They're playing hardball with 
people's lives. Very hardball, apparently. When you're at the supermarket, and it's obviously, we're not going to have cornflakes because, you know, we are, we're living colorful, tasteful lives. We're not, we, we're into self-pollution. Um, but, you know, if you buy something from a company like Morningstar Farms, Morningstar Farms is a arm of Kellogg. And so I think it's important that everyone knows whatever, their corporate overlords, the, 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 the big companies that own these little vegan companies or use these vegan companies as, um, I don't know, maybe elements of greenwashing or use or these capturing market share i don't capturing know. market share all different different um versions but, but it's I, all very opaque like who owns what i don't know i think that it's easy to find once you google it if you're motivated to check but you just walking down the aisle unless you specifically google everything you have no idea like i didn't know until until like a year ago all these normal, all these waters like Arrowhead water or on the East Coast, Poland Springs, those were all owned by Nestle. I didn't, in, until recently they got sold off, but I had no idea. Nestle just had a bunch of different brands selling Nestle water. Well, also they were withholding water from people in like areas, like indigenous areas where they could, they could, they could, people like, like the people that lived right by a water source couldn't have access to the source because Nestle owned the river. And they shielded, you know, from consumers that we, consumers, unless they looked it up, didn't know that they were actually drinking Nestle water when they were drinking Arrowhead or Poland Springs or Ozarka or whatever. Morningstar Farms is owned by Kellogg. I, Stand with these striking workers. I'm not going to buy any Morningstar until this situation is resolved. Until they rehire them all? Well, I don't think they've replaced their uh, the workers yet, but they're obviously they're definitely playing hardball. And mm-hmm. I think that I think the the, the situation with COVID definitely uh, because because these people were working in a food business, it gave a lot of these companies kind of license to really really put their employees in danger right um and i mean you see it not just with like a company like kellogg you see it with obviously the amazon factory for amazon factory farming all these things that they were labeled uh, essential work pressing these employees to work like 80 hour work weeks it was insane so definitely a lot of overtime so I didn't know that the, the the theme of this podcast was going to be to challenge Mike Keller on his knowledge, but it seems to have gone this way. So we have a... I don't know anything. We have a special contest. It's called Know Your Corporate Overlord. So I'm going to mention a vegan brand, and then you're going to tell me the large conglomerate that owns this small or so-called small vegan brand. I'm going to flunk this for sure. I'll start with the easy one. Mm-hmm. Morningstar Farms. Kellogg. Okay, that's a good one. We got that one. Sweet Earth. Oh. You know, they make the bacon. They make right. lots of stuff. They're, oh, they're in are Walmart. They owned by a, are they owned by Farmer John? I don't know. They're owned by Nestle. Ugh. Nestle owns everything. I think we've mentioned this in the podcast before. Follow Your Heart was purchased by... Oh, that Canadian company, right? No. No? Oh, Maple Leaf Foods? No. Well, I was close. You know, um, 
it's a dairy giant named Dannon, and they make oh, yogurt Dannon and all yogurt sorts people, of right. uh, other dairy items, mostly in Europe. So maple leaf food is going to be the answer to one of the next I'll, I'll, Okay, yes. I'll just give this to you. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, Field Roast is owned by? Maple leaf food, which is a subsidiary of something else. That's no, bad. no. Uh, well, Field Roast is owned by Greenleaf. Greenleaf, which is which a is owned by Maple Leaf Foods, the biggest uh, meat factory in Canada. Yeah, it's like the Tyson of Canada. Boca. Boca. Who owns Boca? I don't know who owns Boca. Kraft. Kraft. Yeah, okay. Kraft Foods owns Boca. So again, another uh, I don't know multilateral. What do they call that? Vertical. Vertically company. integrated. Daya. Daya? Daya or Daya? Well, I'll pronounce it wrong, and then you'll tell Daya. me. Daya. No, it's Daya. Right. We, we already had to make a retraction. It's Daya. What are they owned by? <laughs> you're, you're not going to get this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you tell me. They're owned by Atsuka, a Japanese pharmaceutical company. Oh, yeah. I knew someone was owned by a pharmaceutical company. And then uh, the the last one I wanted to talk a little bit about. Uh, there's there's a company called Hue Chocolate, and I think we talked about this before. But there's a company called Hue Human. Chocolate, and they're definitely like have always been pushed kind of like by a sustainable message. They were like this kind of company that was owned by a family or a couple that were in New York. Hue if you're Kitchen. paying five dollars for a chocolate bar, like they better not be cutting corners on the environment. <laughs> Well, they were always fair trade, but it seems like some of their products aren't fair trade anymore. Or, you know, like I, I like I, I got a bag of um, chocolate covered almonds and there was no fair trade stamp on it. And but it you were know, they bought to, out. Yes, they were purchased. Uh, well, there you go. By a company called Mondelez. And Mondelez owns Monsanto. Mond- yeah, Monsanto. Mondelez owns Oreo and lots of snacks. But it's kind of interesting. Oreo's not a Nabisco? Mondelez is Nabisco. Well, just similar to Greenleaf and um, Maple Leaf Foods. It's like you have this company called Field Roast, and they're owned by Greenleaf. But they're really owned by a meat meat grower. They they sort of have, Mm. like, several layers of uh, accountability that (laughs) have been pushed aside. it, It seems as though with food production there's a sort of like darwinism like a survival of the fittest so everything gets consolidated to a few amoral giant companies because in order to to perform this kind of herculean task of f- feeding billions of people with uh, you know supply chains over thousands of miles mm. like the only way to really be competitive is to to become hyper efficient cut every corner squeeze every person you can and if you don't like perform this mandate to just like grab market share and and drop cut prices and get as far and wide as possible you just get either bought out or crushed and so like the only competitors left standing are like basically you know corporations with like a psycho sociopath like mentality of like anything it takes to like get ahead. Well, and also it's an element so they can shield themselves uh, from unethical supply chain. Um, like especially with like let's say a company like Mondelez is a company that 
does some very unethical things to acquire their chocolate. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, they were sued in uh, um, federal court because they were um, helping enable child slavery in the Ivory Coast to harvest chocolate. They just basically bought the 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 chocolate from slavers and just looked the other way is what you're saying. Kind of like Nestle did that too, right? The company is sort of uh, has tendrils and arms that kind of string, right. but there's there's no real target because it's just constantly bringing its arms in lots of different places. And so, you know, when they when they have a company like Hue that they buy, I think they bought it for over three hundred million dollars. You know, it comes in a brown, looks like sustainable packaging. There's this, a hue is for human. You know, the the idea that they're they're doing like some kind of human, you know, there's a human kindness behind mm-hmm. this particular chocolate. It's it's chocolate that's doesn't have a lot of chemicals in it and it's supposedly good for your body. But I mean and and I'm not saying that hue that that particular brand doesn't source ethical chocolate. The problem is is that the company that owns that company doesn't source Mm-hmm. ethical chocolate so what are we supposed to do we're supposed to buy this chocolate from this small and er company enrich the parent company and enrich the parent company or and, and just kind of pretend like that we're we're doing something the right way or just just say no i'm not saying i'm gonna say no to hugh i'm saying no to mondelez but again if you want an oreo you're saying no to mondelez too right uh this is a tough one it, you you know, unless you're growing your own food, it's just there's so much that's opaque. I'm not saying we need to shut the door on corporations. We got to live our lives, especially we live in yeah. the city. But it's also an element of being aware, you know, aware that, let's say, if I don't like the news about Kellogg, I'm not buying Morningstar. It's just, I'm just not, even if I really like the Morningstar whatever their veggie burgers or their veggie links or whatever they make actually a lot mm-hmm. of veggie a lot of uh, morningstar stuff has egg in it now it used to be a lot more yeah vegan it's gross stuff. Uh, they do but but i'm saying they have they also have a lot of vegan stuff we just have to do the best we can for people that are just starting out with their vegan vegan journey it's focus good on the, the ingredients yeah, it, well it's good it's good to, it's good to, for them to know that oreos are vegan and so when they're at a party and there's some oreos they can have oreos uh, you know, don't go out of your way to buy lots of Oreos, you know. I, I just think, you know, but but again, it has to do with being aware of where our food comes from and how it gets to the market. And more and more, these larger corporations are going to kind of loom large in our lives. Be- because the smaller ones can't survive unless they just want to be this boutique thing for rich people. They can't, you know, they can't survive because, the, yeah. If you want to go to a, a, a Whole Foods, like I was at Whole Foods and I, I uh, was looking for some vegan bacon for a recipe. Mm-hmm. And there's this small batch creator that makes this food. I mean, I don't know how small they are, but they're based out of Oakland. They're called the Hooray Foods and they make this really amazing bacon. And their bacon's $9. And then you have Light Life, also owned by um, Green Leaf, owned by. Uh, maple leaf foods theirs is like 
three bucks. You know, it's like it's like a yeah. third of the price. Um, Sweet Earth, which is owned by Nestle, I think their bacon is like four bucks. And also, you can get their bacon at a place like Walmart. It's just more accessible to get the right. food there. It's hard. So, it's hard to compete. Yeah. So, so that's the other situation. It's like it's just especially a great consolidation. But but it's kind of a thing that's kind of the irony of all ironies when a you know a company that has all the best intentions in the world you know they want to make i don't know plant-based foods and they want to do their thing and then you know they are successful and they have a great brand and then a large company says you know we want to buy this and so what do they what do they think like like if you were a a brand that was successful but then all of a sudden Nestle comes to you what would you do, Mike Keller? I mean, I wouldn't be happy <clears throat> with selling to Nestle. But, uh, you know, a lot of them rationalize it by saying, well, now we'll be able to bring our product to a better, you know, a bigger market. Uh, Nestle or whatever the company, they promised us autonomy. Um, you know, I mean, it, to some extent, this is kind of like the, the you know, the mafia. Like, you, 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 when a gigantic company has you in their sights and you can't compete, like it's like either join them or get crushed, you know? Yes, Mike Keller, exactly. That's why we have joined the Columbia Broadcast Service. No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they want vegan hacks and right. our and our hundreds of listeners. <laughs> right. All, all hundred of them? <laughs> wow. So anyway, yeah. So I don't know. That that's I guess that's the podcast. So um, Yay. so go ahead. Don't eat Starburst. What do we learn? Don't eat Starburst. Uh, in, until you get the actual plant based one. We also learned that Mike's an idiot. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, just a little uh, misinformed right I'm on my journey to being less of an idiot